This week, a dramatic expansion of aquaculture on the south coast. And in Burgio, a debate. Are the jobs worth the environmental consequences? I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. This is episode 218, made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. April was a tough month for those of us concerned about the survival of wild salmon sacred to so many indigenous people across Turtle Island. As aquaculture expands, so grow the threats to wild salmon. On the Pacific coast, we thought we'd scored a victory with the federal government shutdown of fish farms near the Discovery Islands. But that win has been nixed, temporarily at least, by a court decision saying the shutdown order was procedurally unfair. We'll see if Ottawa can fix that. Closer to home, we're in for a major expansion of sea-based salmon aquaculture on the south coast. Burgio will be the hub in a major fish farm development in an area called Bays West, the coast west from Bay Despair towards Port Basque. As is usually the case, fish farms are a divisive issue in Burgio. Judging by comments on Facebook, some members of the Burgio First Nation are in favor of anything that will bring jobs to a town that has been struggling financially for years. Others worry about the impact on the other fisheries from an industry plagued by eco-problems everywhere in the world it operates. Few people know the aquaculture industry in Newfoundland better than our guest this week, Leo White, a spokesperson for the Newfoundland and Labrador Coalition for Aquaculture Reform. So, Leo, uh, we have uh, the big announcement uh, this week as we talk. Uh, the announcement was on April 26th in Burgio. Uh, Greg Seafood, uh, the successful propo- proponent for the province's expression of interest for salmon aquaculture for this area called Bays West, which is um, from Bay to Spare West towards uh, Burgio and Port of Basque. Yeah. So uh, expression of interest means, uh, of course, the province was out there uh, shopping aquaculture and uh, Greg uh, responded. So let's look at some of the implications of that announcement uh, for aquaculture for the Burgio area and, um, and for the province's um, uh, reliance, I guess, on aquaculture for for jobs. So, uh, of course, there are not many details in the announcement, but let's uh, visualize what this would look like um, in real terms if the uh, if these uh, if this development were to go ahead. So I suppose Burgio looks like it's going to be the hub. That's where a lot of the um, the activity will be uh, located because, of course, um, I guess if you go further west there, the road access is not very good. So. Uh, I guess inevitably, uh, Burjo will see the action. Is that is that what you uh, you think about that? Yes, that that's the way I see it. Burjo, of course, Burjo has the uh, rendering plant there now. Yes, and um, 
you know, Burgio is, uh, in a, you know, established fishing community. There's trained people, you know, uh, uh, who would be skilled, you know, to work in the industry and so on. So, you know, Burgio is, is a, a place that you could, they would be naturally drawn to. So I, my, my interpretation of it, Glenn, is, you know, that Greek has come out on top. Now, we, we don't know a whole lot because how many, how many people, how many companies responded to government's uh, uh, request for proposals? And, you know, what kind of responses were they? We don't know that. All we know they came out with is that, uh, you know, Greg was the uh, uh, successful responder. So presumably that would give Greg the right to uh, now go ahead and identify sites and uh, make specific proposals, you know, for expansion mm. of aquaculture. And, it, you know, it's in line with government's policy. They've been talking all along about, uh, you know, expanding and so on. That's why I, I, made, I made that comment in my letter that they not only, uh, they're putting their money and their mouth into it because they've talked all along about expanding aquaculture, basically saying we're going to triple the size. Mm. Now, the ironic thing, of course, is that what's happened during that time is uh, instead of increasing by threefold, it's actually decreased by threefold because oh. it's gone from, you know, uh, production of around 20,000 metric tons a year uh, back about six or seven years ago now to just uh, 7,000, mm. just over 7,000 metric tons in uh, 2020. And I, I guess the other thing about this announcement, it really takes the, the reach of aquaculture all the way from Placentia Bay into Bay to Spare. And then all along the south coast, so a huge part of the province will be focused on aquaculture uh, if this, um, if the Bay's West announcement were to go through. Yeah, I guess the the other thing we don't know is what um, is what the environmental assessment process for this project will be. Of course, we had the um, the eco justice case uh, involving the Indian head hatchery in Stephenville where the court determined yeah. that uh, there had to be an environmental assessment of the, of the offshore portion of the net pens, as well as the on land portion. That's uh, right. So yeah. can we anticipate that um, we, the public will have a chance to uh, make comment on, on um, this development as it, if it goes forward? Well, uh, if there's any way to avoid doing it, government will. And the reason I say that is, uh, you know, I don't know if you were aware, but uh, very recently uh, it came to light that uh, Grieg has uh, put forward five new sites for their operations in Pazentia Bay. In other words, they changed their mind and decided to uh, adopt or select five new sites. The, the EIS that they did, which was a court-ordered document, you know, it was uh, as a result of two court cases in uh, Newfoundland Supreme Court and then the Newfoundland Court of Appeal. And as a result of that, they had to complete this EIS for the uh, project in Pacentia Bay. Now, what they've done very recently is uh, they've selected five different sites. So five out of 11 are now new sites that have not been subject to any kind of environmental assessment. Now, the reason I know this is because I wrote the minister and uh, uh, asked the question, you know, what are these water use uh, uh, licenses that Greg has got now? You know, if you look on the uh, map for uh, 
water use licenses, you'll see they've got these new, new sites. And the answer is that there are five new sites for aquaculture. And his answer to me was that Grieg was not required to register these for environmental assessment because they're in the same, same bay management areas as were used for the EIS. And there's no changes in materials. There's no changes in construction methods and so on. So for that reason, he's saying that uh, Greg doesn't have to register these uh, sites for the uh, environmental assessment. So, so I guess we, we, we can expect uh, that on, on this Bay's West development, uh, there'll only be as much environmental assessment as, uh, as is forced on the government and the proponent uh, as a result of public, uh, public pressure. We might yeah, you know, the government government might anticipate that if if they don't uh, register these as undertakings, which the legislation requires them to do, you know, then in all likelihood they'll end up in court again. So um, let's talk about uh, the uh, environmental implications here. Uh, we've, uh, of course. Um, in Newfoundland and Labrador, we've uh, seen a lot uh, of negative news coverage about aquaculture in terms of uh, the massive die-off in, uh, in 2019, and then uh, the ongoing problems with, um, with sea lice and uh, salmon anemia and, uh, and escape. So many, many aspects um, of uh, environmental uh, fallout. And of course, um, these farm salmon being implicated in the um, almost demise of the wild Atlantic salmon on the south coast. So here we're, um, we're a little farther west. And do you think that the same concerns will, will apply or the difference in, does the difference in geography and location make any difference to uh, the environmental concerns you would have about this Bay's West development? No, uh, the concerns will be the same, Glenn. And this has been demonstrated not just uh, on the south coast in Newfoundland, but anywhere in the world where these farms have come into, you know, reasonably close contact with uh, wild Atlantic salmon rivers. Uh, it's, it's happened in Norway, you know, it's happened in um, uh, Scotland and Ireland, you know, so everywhere that there are wild salmon populations, and uh, proximity to rivers where the uh, aquaculture industry has been developed. You know, we've had these uh, problems uh, come forward. Uh, Newfoundland is one of the worst, you know, because uh, we, we do have uh, uh, really good uh, natural habitat for uh, wild Atlantic salmon. You know, if you look at those rivers down on the south coast, like the Khan River, uh, you know, going back to uh, the uh, period around the time that the agriculture industry was just getting established, Con River was, uh, you know, producing 12,000 uh, salmon a year, adult returns. Uh, the habitat in the river and uh, the watershed is uh, virtually pristine. Uh, the smolt counts are amazing. Uh, even even today, after all that the river has suffered because of agriculture, you know, that river is still putting out really impressive smolt counts. They're just not surviving. You know, my view, what's happening is the smolt, as they leave the river, 
are moving along uh, in the estuary and coming in proximity with the uh, aquaculture cages. Uh, sea lice are attaching themselves to the smolts. And uh, of course, if you get about 10 sea lice on a smolt, that smolt is going to die. They're not like a mature uh, salmon, you know, that can withstand that kind of uh, infestation and still survive. Um, you know, once a smolt gets uh, infected by sea lice, that's the end of it. So the, the uh, marine survival there is almost non-existent. Uh, you know, the, the last couple of years, the number of adult salmon returning to the county fence there at Con has only been about uh, two to three hundred. Yeah, where the word uh, being used in relation to uh, salmon in Con is uh, uh, virtually extinct. They're using the yeah, extinct uh, word in relation to uh, yeah, river to Con. local extinction. Yeah. Yes, and Little River is the same. Yes. The uh, you mentioned the letter you wrote to the uh, to the telegram and you were commenting on the uh, the raw raw coverage of um, of uh, an announcement by Greek and Marystown where they were uh, unveiling a new facility there and they were showing off this um, this new technology uh, technology developed in Israel according to the report uh, uh, some kind of newfangled water uh, recirculation system uh, yeah so. Uh, so Grieg seems to be trying to uh, promote itself as uh, trying to use new technology to deal with some of the uh, the environmental aspects. So, do you th- what do you think of uh, of these new technological approaches, and do you think that can deal with um, the problems uh, associated with aquaculture? Well, I, I, you know, I'm sure that uh, there are good technical solutions uh, to some of the problems. Uh, we, we already know that uh, Grieg has experienced uh, a detection of uh, infectious salmon anemia at their hatchery. So these are uh, fertilized eggs that come in from Iceland. Uh, and that's the only source that I can think of, you know, for an infection. They, they would not get that infection from a uh, freshwater aquifer, which is the source of the uh, freshwater for that hatchery. You know, so uh, I'm sure Grieg has done everything possible. I, you know, I'm not, you know, those companies want to protect their investments. So they're doing everything possible. Uh, and the same way with the uh, cages, you know, that are being used uh, for the project in Marystown and uh, in Basentia Bay. Uh, they, they are a new technology as well. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt that they'll be uh, better. They'll solve some of the problems. Uh, whether or not they'll be able to stand up to, uh, you know, things like uh, seals and uh, tuna, and even uh, porpoises and whales, you know, that have been able to uh, uh, penetrate the uh, nets and uh, lead to escapes remains to be seen. Like a lot of this technology is developed in Norway and Iceland. You know, the, those uh, countries don't have the same uh, challenges from the point of view of uh, nature that Newfoundland has. Mm. Like they don't have the sea ice, uh, they don't have the icebergs, uh, they don't have the uh, uh, range of temperature, you know, that uh, we have to deal with. Even Maui, you know, you look at Maui's comments after there's been a, uh, a new outbreak of uh, uh, ISA or sea lice. You know, they always refer to how challenging it is uh, to 
farmed salmon on Newfoundland South Coast. And, you know, you have to remember as well that the South Coast is the most benign part of our uh, environment. You know, if you go to the Northeast Coast or the North Coast, uh, you're into a much uh, uh, more, much harsher environment than you are mm. on the South Coast. So mm. Greg, I think Greg is doing everything it can, you know, to protect its investment and uh, uh, ensure that they don't have escapes and that uh, they don't have ISA. And, uh, you know, they end up with a successful project. But, you know, you can be sure that uh, the people who started to farm down on the South Coast uh, started out the same way and they probably were quite successful, you know, for the first little while, but inevitably, uh, you, you know, the uh, problems start to get in the sea lice, you know, and the infectious salmon anemia. Yes. Now, Leo, down in Bergio, probably as we speak, there are people, uh, <laughs> you know, huddle in their shed or out in, out on the wharf and they're, they're talking about this, uh, this aquaculture and they were having the debate about, um, you know, the uh, the environmental implications. But uh, we need jobs. You know, Bergio yeah. is a is a town on on life support. There aren't a lot of opportunities. It's a aging population. Uh, it's uh, as many communities in the province, uh, communities of uh, of seniors, where um, you know younger people have moved off. And this is uh, for a desperate community. This is uh, what there is. So. It's all well and good to um, talk about these environmental concerns, but when your economic survival rests on um, this uh, project, it's uh, it's a difficult conversation to have. So, if you were down on the wharf in Bergio and um, and people were giving you the economic justification and uh, you know saying, "Leo, it's all right for you, but we need these jobs," what would you say to them? I'd say I understand 100 percent perfectly. And uh, you can't really expect anything else, Glenn. I mean, you know, people are desperate uh, and government is desperate. That's, that's why they're, they're doing it. It's, I don't think it's that they see this as a, uh, uh, you know, a phenomenal industry. It, it was initially, like when, when the industry was first established down on the South Coast, uh, everybody, including people like the Atlantic Salmon Federation, you know, they all supported it because it was thought to be, uh, you know, a good solution. Uh, it would be uh, in rural areas. Uh, it would be clean. Uh, there were no real known uh, impacts at the time on uh, wild Atlantic salmon that couldn't be mitigated, you know, so everything looked good. And, and it's the same way now, you know, people uh, in the area who anticipate getting jobs, they will be in full support. And the industry, you know, once it gets established and so on, then you'll see the two camps develop. One camp will be the people who work in the industry and their relatives. And the other camp will be people who are affected by it negatively. You know, people who fish lobster, people who are interested in uh, wild Atlantic salmon and so on. So inevitably you'll have these uh, two uh, groups uh, evolve <clears throat> in the industry or in the area. Yes. And, uh, you know, I suppose if you're running a B&B uh, in, uh, in Bergio, the smell from the rendering plant won't be uh, good for your business. So the, um, you know, people in Bergio have already complained about that, but I suppose That's right. yeah. the problems uh, continue. So, 
so what would so in this uh, this we're just in the initial phase now with this announcement. What do you think are going to be the next? What are the next things to look for uh, as the as Greg and the government try to roll out this uh, Bayes West uh, project? Well, the next thing to look for would be specific proposals uh, from Greg, and uh, you know, with associated with uh, specific sites. And, uh, you know, then uh, it would follow the route that uh, projects like the one in Placentia Bay followed, uh, you know, but I, I'm pretty sure that given what's happened in the courts that there would have to be uh, environmental assessment and, uh, you know, that would be uh, carried out, uh, you know, much the same, you know, unless government just digs its heels in and says, you know, we're, we're satisfied that the environmental impacts are uh, not going to be that great. And uh, we're just going to go ahead. That's what they did basically uh, back in 2015 with the project in Marystown. They, they registered only the land-based uh, component of the project. Mm. And of course, the court case was that according to our own legislation, you have to register the uh, sea-based or marine-based uh, sea cages as well. And uh, the outcome of that court case was in support of that decision. And uh, then it went to an appeal in NL Supreme Court or appeal court, and the appeal court found the same thing. You know, so government has been basically told by the courts that these are undertakings. Uh, they have significant environmental uh, impacts associated with them, and therefore they have to be registered, you know, for environmental assessment. So then you'll see the same thing. Uh, happened uh, in Burgio. Good, Leo. Thanks for filling us in. And um, we'll watch to see what happens next. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Leo White, spokesperson for the Newfoundland and Labrador Coalition for Aquaculture Reform. That's it for the program. Thanks for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you use to connect with us. Alison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emson Nokama. <laughs>